Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 30. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about how to get your kid to love helping around the house. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are read for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome back, Andrea. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've been gone for 10 days from my trip. And while sleep was incredibly rough, the trip itself was fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love taking my kid traveling, but yes, and your child is at the age that sleep in a new place with a new environment and all of that overwhelmingness is really hard. Yeah, not only that, it turns out he got four teeth while we were there, or, his te- or like at least three. I'm assuming the fourth one's, I haven't even looked. Like he has this giant bump on his gum and I had my mom checking because she's a dentist and I was like, I don't want to pay $100 for some dentist to be like, all right, his teeth are fine because um, you don't have dental insurance. And so I had him and she's like, he's getting teeth. And I was like, what? Like I literally checked him last week and he wasn't getting any teeth. So he was getting teeth while he was there, like the big molars too. And and then at this week, I was like, I was like, I haven't read the Wonder Weeks book in a while. And he's like going through this huge leap. So I was like, wow, I really picked like the worst possible time. I was like, well, that explains a lot. Poor kid. <laughs> but at least we're back home now. So yeah, and I think you know, something I was reflecting on this week was understanding why your child is acting the way your child is acting. is like half the battle. It just makes you oh feel gosh. so much better about it. Totally. I mean, yeah, completely. I completely agree with that. Like, well, it's it's like, I'm, it was like frustrated, like frustrated at sleep deprivation, but like, at no point was I like frustrated at him, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you can't, you can't fault your kid for, hey, I'm going to take you completely out of your routine (laughs) into a different time zone and you're going to be great at it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So have you been? I've been good. Uh, Chugging along. We are... Uh, my husband is nesting. Nice. I'm not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I probably will be by the time this episode airs. It, it'll air about the week a week before my due date. So, mm-hmm. um, I. But yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good. A little tired here or there, but every so often I get some aches and pains, and I just I feel kind of big, which. Pretty typical at this stage. <laughs> I still I yeah. still walk by the mirror and get a little shocked because I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's there. <laughs> That'll do that, yeah. Yeah, that, that side profile. Um, and I will say, so I'm carrying a lot differently this pregnancy than I was the last one. I'm carrying in front and low. Mm. And my maternity stuff is like my belly's hanging out if I'm wearing it with non-maternity pants. Otherwise, uh-huh. like, you have like the belly band that goes up. But I have a bunch of shorts that still fit me because I don't know. I haven't found like workout shorts that they make in maternity. Not that I mm-hmm. like need them, you know, because my regular shorts fit. But my sh- like I can't I've even put my husband's shirt on it. Like my belly was hanging out at the bottom. And I was like, well, I only have five weeks left. Let me and <laughs> And then I stopped myself and I said, you know what? I'm going to buy myself some new maternity shirts because I don't need to deal with the next five weeks of my belly hanging out the bottom. Not that I care, but it's just not as comfortable to like have that totally. gap there. So I was really proud of myself for just yeah. buying some shirts. Good for you. I love that. 
<laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's move on to our real mom moment of the week. So my real mom moment of the week is really my like spouse mom moment of life. I am not always the best communicator. I feel like I will say something and my husband will respond thinking I mean one thing and then rather than just taking a step back and explaining myself, I'm like, why are you judging my parenting? This was yesterday, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Like, I bought my kid a new ballet leotard and it happened to be... She just, she wanted one to just be able to play in because we don't let her wear the stuff that she actually wears for ballet around the house because we don't want it to get ruined. But I said, you know what, let's buy one that you can wear to ballet because it has to be ballet pink and no skirt just so that we have a spare just in case. So I ran in, dropped her off, and I was going to go see a client while my husband watched her yesterday. And she wanted to try it on. And he's like, I thought I thought we weren't letting her wear her ballet stuff at home. You know, because I, I bought her like a home set and a <laughs> and a class set. And I was I just got so frustrated. And I knew that he wasn't judging my parenting. And all I needed to do was to explain it. And it was totally fine. But that's that's my life right now. Yeah, it happens. As long as you look back and reflect and then you know, can explain later. Exactly. <laughs> That's the important part. Um, mine is, I, I'm copying off you into uh, doing the uh, dad moment just because my husband had one that was so funny that I could not share. Um, so we're, you know, up north uh, Michigan on our vacation and we brought Remy, one of Remy's little plates and Adam went to go do a workout and so I'm going to go feed him and Adam had said he had a bunch of food left over for breakfast. So, you know, he hadn't thrown it out or anything, just kept it for lunch. So I like go to open the fridge and I'm like looking for this plate and I'm like, what the hell is a plate? And you like don't have a ton of food up there. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to open something new. You know, it was the whole plan for him to finish whatever he had left. And I'm like looking for this thing everywhere. And I'm like, where did he put it? And I couldn't find it. I'm like, I don't understand. Like we're in a condo. Like there's not that many places for this thing. So it is whatever. I made him something new. And then Adam comes home. I'm like, where did you put the plate? And he's like, I put it in the fridge. He's like, I put it right in the fresh drawer. And I'm like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, I did. I, I very specifically remember doing it. And he goes in and of course it's not there. And I'm like, he's like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> and so we're like looking around. And I was like, look in the microwave. <laughs> sure enough, he had just stuck it in the microwave like instead of the fridge. I was like, good job. It was just pretty awesome. <laughs> And then, of course, we had to throw out the food, but... I love uh, it. I, <laughs> I think that it's total brain, parent brain when you start yeah. doing things like that. And it happens, happens to everyone. Some get it more than others, but... Yeah. I was like, it's not just mom brain. Clearly, it's dad brain, too. Ha ha. All those brain cells thinking about kid. Uh, yep, exactly. It was great. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to our tips of the week. My tip this week is to hire help. And I don't necessarily mean spending thousands of dollars to get your house clean or to, um, you know, get your yard taken care of or that kind of thing. But sometimes, and actually we are doing this this, uh, this week because 
my parents are out of town and my daughter is taking a camp so she's not has doesn't have as many daycare hours so i am hiring a neighborhood kid to play with her for a few hours my husband works from home so it's gonna you know it's not like we need someone that's you know 20 some years old and able to do you know able to drive her do all these things because my husband's here He's just working and just can't entertain her for a few hours, and she's going to have so much more fun. And I was thinking the same thing because we were looking, getting prices for somebody to do weeding, and it was like, if we just hire this kid to watch our child, <laughs> then that's all. And then we do the project. That ends up being so much cheaper than hiring the laborers to, to do to do those projects. So I was talking, you know, uh, with one of my uh, one of her classmates, an old friend of mine as well, the mom, and she was like, yeah, you know, you just find a 12-year-old mother's helper. You have them come over for $10 an hour. I mean, I know when I was a kid it was $5 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's going to be, I mean, if you think of like house cleaning and all those other things that how much you pay for that. Now, again, I'm probably not going to do a good, as good of a job weeding as the professionals are going to do. But if I can save a couple hundred dollars by just paying someone $10 an hour to play with my kid while I do it, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that you're giving me some ideas, actually. I think I might need to do that to like have time to work on my business a little more seriously, like on certain days rather than like all on the weekends. Great tip. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my tip is... I don't really have a specific one. I'm, yeah, I'm just tired. It's like, give yourself some grace. Really, <laughs> That's all it is. Like yesterday I woke up and I was, I don't think I've ever felt so terrible in my entire life. Like I felt like I had been shot by a tranquilizer dart, but it was that like, you ever have that when you wake up from a nap and you like feel really like fuzzy and way worse after you take up from a nap? Yeah. yeah. So it was like that except like times a thousand and like it lasted the entire day. Like I was like, I can't do anything. Like I literally like just a completely non-functional person right now. Like I felt like I couldn't feel my hands. They just felt fuzzy. It was like the weirdest thing ever. It was terrible. And so I was like, you know what? Like I'm just... I'm just going to do the bare minimum. Like, that's it. Dinner was frozen Costco meatballs because, as we've mentioned before, have crap like that ready for times like that. And, and yeah, that was, I don't know, that was it. Just give yourself grace when you need it. Just have a day when you're like, yep, whatever, nothing's getting accomplished today. Cool. We're good with it. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a something we should remember all the time and not mm-hmm. just during like the really, really crappy times, <laughs> yeah. but also the times where it's like, oh, this could be better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about getting kids to love helping around the house. You mentioned that you read an article about this. Can you tell us a little bit about the article and I can tell you a little bit about my personal experience? Yeah, absolutely. Do you um do you want me to go through like the article has like specific action steps that I was because there's only five of them. Sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. So well, first, just a little backstory on it. So it's called How to Get Your Kids to Do Chores Without Resenting It. It's an article from N- NPR. And it really aligns with the science of parenting. That's the name of the book that Beth was talking about. Hopefully, yeah, um, <clears throat> that we've been talking about and the respectful parenting that I've talked about. So it's just nice to see it in the context of something else. 
and clearly working as well. So basically they talk about how in other cultures, um, kids help a ton. And not only do they help, they love helping. So they were actually talking about like in Mexican families specifically that um, the they even have like a special word for the kids that when they're volunteering to help. And they have this little quote here. Um, it says like another time the mom comes home from work and she's just really tired. She plops herself down on the couch and the daughter says, mom, you're really tired, but we need to clean up the house. How about I turn on the radio and I take care of the kitchen and you take care of the living room and we'll have it all cleaned up. Like, how amazing is that? And that was an eight-year-old. And so, and they just talk about how these kids, like, they they take pride in it. They even, like, argue with each other. Like, well, no, I helped my mom more. No, I did more. And it's like a competition for them. So um, they talk about how toddlers are perceived in, like, American culture as they just want to play and have fun and don't really help and are just kind of seen as, like, you know, more terrible than helpful. But they say if you really look around the world, even... Um, toddler ages are helping their families from a very, very young age. And they do talk about how tantrums are still in toddlers. It's not like they're exempt from that or anything like that, but they absolutely like to help. And I'm sure you've seen this. Like I know my, you know, Remy at the age of, you know, whenever he could start walking was already wanting to help sweep and things like that. And so um, they, a big thing is they talk about not giving a reward for it. And they said that, in fact, there was a study that was done that showed that toddlers were less likely to help a second time if they were given a toy afterwards. So basically, they have this intrinsic motivation to help. And by adding an ex- extrinsic reward, it actually undermines it and it takes away that desire to be helpful. Um, and that's true of adults, too, which I mean, we won't go into, but it's like if you're doing something that you really like to do and then all of a sudden you get some like reward for it. There are studies that show that adults are then like they enjoy it, the task less. Um, so they talk about how, yes, obviously toddlers are not great helpers at first. I mean, they oftentimes make more of a mess than are helpful. But when you understand that intrinsic motivation they have to help and that they're trying to be helpful and you nurture that rather than be like, eh, get away, like I'm going to get it done faster, it actually um, is going to you know, build that into them. And then when they're a little bit older, it's going to make them really, really helpful around the house. So they kind of see it as an investment, basically, in these other cultures. So the, I'll go right to the tips. Sorry, that was like a long intro. (laughs) You can read the article. It's really good. It's it's not that long. Um, So the number one is expose kids to chores as much as possible. So just letting them um, watch you cook, do the laundry, walk the dog, um, you know, whatever chores you tend to do around your house, let them watch especially if it's something that you want them to be helping and doing later on. So that way they're just understanding, you know, that it's done and, you know, choose, I'm trying to do it with a fun, positive attitude is great as well. So they associate it with that. Number two is think small tasks, big contributions. So trying to have them help with whatever it is, no matter how small it is, um, as early on as possible. So just making sure it's appropriate for their skill level. So they give the example of just holding onto a measuring cup while baking or moving a chair while sweeping or drying off a dish. Um, I know like I'll sometimes sit Remy in the sink a little bit and he like turns the water on and off a million times while I'm trying to wash something, which again, it's like not super helpful in the moment. But again, it's just nurturing that, <laughs> hoping later on he will help. Um, and then... They do say to be careful um, 
of yeah don't do a fake project that's what i was looking for so it's like you don't want to give an action that seems like maybe like you're going to trick them into it being helpful but it's like not really part of the activity they're like they're too, way too smart for that <laughs> um number three always aim to work together so really just working on it as a family and having a common goal is really important so um not having you doing like independent tasks side by side it's like you want to be working together to complete one task uh, number four is don't force it. So you just, you're letting them participate as they want to. So if your kid is playing on, you know, independently and you're doing a chore, you don't necessarily need to like stop them from their play and bring them over. But if they kind of run over to want to help, which they often do, um, you want to then nurture that and say, okay, like, here's how you can help. And then number five is change your mindset about young children. So we talked about this a little bit already, but really toddlers love to help. They don't just want to play. And seeing seeing that and recognizing that is really important because once you can see how much they do want to help and you see their activities as not getting in the way, but their you know desire to be involved in the activity, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to nurture nurture all of that. So what's your experience, Beth? Because obviously you have an older one. Mine's only 14 months. <laughs> I think those suggestions are great. Um, I think that's something that we kind of naturally did a little bit kind of going on. You just, you have to step back and kind of look at what your child's interested in. And there are moments where it's like, oh, you know, I'm doing the dishes, and sometimes when I do the dishes, my daughter's playing quietly in her playroom, which I fully support, but sometimes she's in there, and she's watching me, and she wants to push over a chair and help, and I just let her help, and then we show her how to do this and that, and <laughs> she wants to learn how to do it all. I mean, now, yeah, she'll be four in about, I don't know, like two, two, three months or so, not even, two months, and so she's definitely at a different stage, but we just don't deny her the opportunity to help. We often, she's always included in, in whatever we're doing. There's no like, oh, you go do this and I'll do that. It's more when I do stuff that she's not necessarily a part of, it's, you know what, you're playing really quietly right now. I'm going to go get clean up the kitchen from breakfast. Let me know if you need me. So it's never a, I'm going to clean up, you go do that. It's it's we, we do the reverse. It's, hey, you know what? You're happily playing or you know what? You needed some downtime. You're watching some TV. Let me go get some of these things done. But then then there was that sort of point where it's like, okay, now she was like with the laundry. She wanted to dive into it and, while we were folding it because we usually fold it. We, we lay it all. We dump it out, all out on our king-size bed. Mm -hmm. And she just wants to jump in the piles. And it's like, okay. So you want to be with us while we're doing this. How can we make this productive? You know what? Kids can find matches at a very early age. So I find silverware is great, putting the silverware away, because they have to match the forks and the spoons and the knives. And yes, you might get the little forks and with the big forks and all of that. But is that really the end of the world? No. And same thing with socks. Like she has loves going in, finding her socks, and pulling them out, and then she puts the matches, and she gives them to me. She likes folding the little washcloths or towels. And just, I think I mentioned it last week, or maybe the week before, she now wants to put them all away. So I have to be at last night. <laughs> she didn't want to come upstairs for bed. 
And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to fold the laundry. I need my sock helper. But she was, she was needed a little bit of quiet play. So I didn't push the issue. I folded everything. And I said, hey, do you want to put your laundry away? Or do you want me to do it for you? She's like, mommy, mommy, I want to do it. Can, can you wait for me to do it? And so that was her motivation to come up the stairs was that she wanted to put her laundry away. So the only thing she can't do is her T-shirts are hung on a – because she doesn't wear T-shirts very much because she loves dresses. So her dresses are on a shelf on a hook that she can read, and her T-shirts are higher. She has one T-shirt, so I had to hang that one up. Everything else, she carries her, like, pile of, like, 30 pairs of underwear – I'm exaggerating here, of course. <laughs> um, and puts them in the drawer. She gets her sock. She knows exactly where everything goes. I We have to get hangers down for her because, again, we store them up a little bit higher. And I could easily just move them lower. <laughs> but it's just the way that her closet is organized. And she puts her dresses on the hanger. She hangs them up. And she does. She gets such thrill out of it. And I'm interested on your thoughts about when you were talking about no rewards the now we never like give her a toy or a treat or a sticker or anything like that for helping but i do make a note and i i verbally say like i'll verbally say that i like that so for example yesterday she had this new thing that we got we're going um away next week and it's this magnet board and it has all these little like magnet pieces and it folds up. And I said, you know what? Let's get a plastic bag to put your pieces in so we don't lose them and we can keep them all together. And I just gave her the plastic bag and she was happily playing. And then all of a sudden I realized later that she was no longer in her playroom. She had put every single one of the pieces in that plastic bag and it closed it all up. I didn't ask her to do that. I didn't do anything. So I did say to her, I said, you know, I really like that you cleaned everything up I'm really proud of you for doing that so that you don't lose all the pieces so what are your thoughts on that it's funny I was actually asking this or like looking into this too in the respectful parenting group I'm in because I find myself doing that too like when he like especially when he's unexpectedly helping with something I'm like oh my gosh like that's amazing good job and I get like super excited and um I think the basic response is you pretty much want to have a similar response as you would to like an adult. So, I mean, it'd be the same thing if your husband did something and, you know, it was unexpected, you'd probably thank him like that too. And so like, that's totally fine. What you don't want to do is like overblow it. Like, oh my God, you are such a great, you know what I mean? And like get into the really like kitty talk of, wow, like you make mommy so proud. You're so, am-, you know what I mean? Which is sometimes what I do. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I think it's just – I think the best thing is to kind of sports – so like they call it sports casting, like sports cats, what, what they did. Like, wow, you put all those um, things in the bag. That's really cool, you know, and just kind of leaving it neutral because they're already really proud of themselves for that. You know what I mean? She probably already was great with that. Like she didn't really need you to do that. And I've thought about that in myself. It's um, like I was trying to like – be like, okay, wait a minute, this confuses me. Like, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't you want to reward them or, you know, tell them how great it is? And it is kind of the same thing. It's, if you go and, you know, do something to help somebody else and they're like overly thanking you, it almost, you're like, okay, great. Like, I get it. I don't know. To me, it, it like starts getting almost uncomfortable. Um, then again, I have a problem with compliments, but, um, so I, I don't know. It's like, you already have that like feeling of, oh, I did great. Like you don't really necessarily need some like overblown response, but yeah, you absolutely want to acknowledge it and thank them for it. But 
I I like the the example of treat treat your child like you would an adult, mm-hmm. and I think that comes down to a little bit of like love languages and things like things like that. I really appreciate being rec- verbally recognized for what I've done, even if it's not something totally out of the ordinary, like. I did the dishes this morning. It'll be nice if my husband notices later and he'll say, thank you so much for doing the dishes. And you're right. It doesn't need to be like, oh my gosh, you did the dishes. But just that little, hey, I'm really glad you did that. I was actually listening to another podcast and they were talking about the way that you say things and the way that you you give gratification. And, And it's something that I've been working on as well is recognizing the work. Not necessarily the accomplishment, but saying, you worked really hard on that so that your your praise becomes effort-based and not necessarily accomplishment-based because you don't want the kids to get frustrated on, well, I couldn't do it because my kid, she, she will. If she can't complete something or if she can't do it quite right because she knows what right is and she, I think she's a little bit of a perfectionist like her father is, she gets really frustrated. So it's really important in, in to, to say, you know what, you worked really hard on that and that's what matters and that kind of thing. So, so I think that it's always good to be mindful of what words you're using when. I am definitely... Not one that will avoid using verbal praise. I've used it all the time. And I do think that my child seeks it because, like, after going to the bathroom, she'll be like, hey, mom, dad, I made poopies in yellow. And so she wants (laughs) us to say, like, Mm -hmm. awesome, that's great. And I will note that she is no longer asking for treats afterwards. Nice. <laughs> like, it's like once a week she'll be like, hey, can I have a treat just because? <laughs> nice. I love that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else to add. I feel like those tips were really, really covered, but it, just letting your kid be a part of it, not getting frustrated when they are helping and I liked the note about not giving them fake tasks. I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm stirring this thing. Let me give you a bowl of water that you can splash around in that's not the real thing. Because, yes, they totally mm-hmm. get it. So I think that's, that's a really good yeah. good thing to note. I've never – for me, I'm like, I'm not that creative to think of an extra task for my kid to do while I do something. But there's also – um, the something that you posted about, and I just thought, and this I was like living my week based on that. You posted about being on vacation and moving at your child's pace and allowing yourself to see the world kind of the way that your child does. And so that's that's how you have to approach a lot of things. Yes, there are times where you don't have you have to get up and move and go. And they just happen. But like yesterday, my child really wanted to go out to lunch at Whole Foods and eat at the roof deck, eat on the roof deck. We only had 20 minutes. And like nutrition me is like, that's a that's a really short time for like us to get lunch and squeeze it in before we have to get home. And I was like, you know what? She's asking really nicely. And let's let's sit up there for 15 minutes. If we don't finish, we, you know, I won't force her to finish her whole lunch. We'll just bring the rest of it home. And she was so great about eating and then bringing the rest home and just sitting up there. And it made her day. And it was really nice to take 
15 minutes to just sit there rather than rush home and try to scramble some leftovers together and that kind of thing. So I feel like you need to design your life so that you have opportunities to take your time. Every Mm -hmm. time you do a chore, it cannot be in a rush. You cannot wait till, you know, if you want your kid to participate, you can't wait till five minutes before their bedtime to try to quickly fold their their clothes. You need to save time for it and you need to be willing to have time for it. And I will tell you with my child, if she knows that laundry is going to be folded tonight, she won't go to bed and let us fold it afterwards. We have (laughs) to do it beforehand because she knows that she wants to help. So we just rearrange the schedule a little bit so that she can participate. So I think that that's sort of timing your chores around when those opportunities are there. So maybe there's not a whole lot of opportunity to do help your kid help with chores during the week. If you work a full time, if you and your husband or your partner or spouse or if you're a only parent work a full-time job and your kid's in daycare or school all day, then you know what? Maybe you do wait to do some of those chores till afterwards, but maybe on the weekends, it's a family activity. Let's cook breakfast together. Let's clean up together. Hey, you know what? Let's clean the playroom together before we play or after we play or what have you. That's still one I'm working on is the cleaning the playroom, but it's more because she's like, likes to bounce between like, I'm still playing with that and I'm still playing with that. But it's one space, and I'm okay with that. And she will help me clean it up when she wants when she wants the floor to be clean so she can dance. So I think that that's the biggest recommendation I have is set your environment up so that you are doing the chores around the house at times where your kid can help. And if you don't want your kid to help, do it when your kid's not around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and don't, I guess the big thing that I look at it is I don't add like chores. I'm not trying to like squeeze them in. It's like they become the activity. So honestly, I think it's kind of lazy parenting on my side. I don't have to think of a way to entertain him because he's being entertained by helping me prep dinner or something or just watching me cook dinner. It's like, that's one less thing for me to think of doing. To me, it's way easier in a way. Um, so, you know, just, I think you just had, again, it's about shifting that mindset. It's not this like, okay, well now I have to squeeze, like anyone listening to this, I want you to be like, oh my God, now I have to squeeze this. And it's like, no, 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 just take out something else or take out trying to find them a different activity and just involve them in that. And it can make uh, transition times a whole lot easier too. So rather than if your kid's playing with their toys you know, over there and you're busy making dinner, then when it's time for dinner, you're not like trying to pull your kid away from whatever thing they're playing with. All of a sudden it's like, no, they've been involved in dinner. So then the whole act of then going to sit down for dinner has become much easier because they've been, you know, involved in the process. So it actually makes life way easier. Yeah. You just step away from the Pinterest craft (laughs) yeah exactly I like the transition idea because yes I do find that folding clothes I mean I go back to folding clothes because this astounds me that she puts every single one of her pieces of clothes away except for that one t-shirt we had yesterday so that it but it makes the transition to bed easier because it's a quiet activity that we're all doing together which she loves the time the family time because my husband helps too and we're already upstairs so I don't have to like you know, like cleaning up our playroom's great, 
But then I still have to get her upstairs with the laundry. Like, that's upstairs. So we do it upstairs. It's in this place. Put it away. Oh, let's grab one of those jammies from the pile. You get to wear that tonight. Um, so I love the, like, I've never thought about it as being a better transition, but definitely it's a really, that's a really great tip. I love that. All right. So I'm going to ask you not how you took care of yourself last week, but I'm going to ask you what you're going to do for yourself this week since you're having a (laughs) rough start. What is your me time for the week? To go to bed on time for sure. (laughs) That's mine. How about yours? I love that. Mine is to breathe. <laughs> because, Good one too. Um, you know, aside from the shortness of breath, but I do feel my hormones getting very, I'm going to say spiky at this point mm-hmm. in pregnancy that all of a sudden I'm like, choom, choom, choom. <laughs> so trying when I, and I, and I've, know my I've connected to my body well enough referring back to our previous episode um that that I know when it's happening and sometimes I just need to take a deep breath before it before the words come out of my mouth or before that emotion comes or allowing that emotion to come and just being like okay it's there what am I gonna do about it am I gonna act on it or am I just gonna let it be there and I'll figure it out and I'll let it pass and then move on so that's that's mine for this week That's great. I love that too. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Aaron back on to chat about sleep. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.